In October 2002, 17 people were murdered, 10 more injured by the D.C. snipers, also known as the Beltway snipers. In this edition of Law Enforcement Today Show, Inside the Hunt for the Beltway snipers. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show, we are joined by special guest. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Don't let that get to you. We have retired Maryland State Police Trooper David Reichenbaugh on the phone. David, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Now, I said, Trooper, what was your rank when you retired? The day I was retired, I was a lieutenant. Okay, so uh, I thank you for your service. And that's, you know, I always say this, that's something I don't say enough to other law enforcement officers, uh, and people say it to us all the time. So thank you for your service, Maryland State Police. Thank you for your service to the country. And uh, how are you enjoying retirement? Well, I was actually retired uh, for a weekend before I returned to service at the United States Capitol Police in a civilian fashion. So I don't think I can give you an honest answer. So you're not totally retired, which is okay. Neither am I. I I don't (laughs) think I can just sit back and do nothing. Uh, We're going to talk about a little bit about your career. We're going to talk about the hunt for the Beltway Snipers in October 2002. The entire nation, if not the entire world, was riveted to the news reports of what was going on in the Maryland, Virginia, D.C. suburbs, and also other parts across the United States, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. Before we do that, let's give people a little bit of background about your law enforcement career, bird's eye view from start to finish. Sure. I uh, always wanted to be a trooper from the time I was in third grade. I, I grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania, and in elementary school, we had a Pennsylvania State Trooper come to the school to teach us how to jump out of the back of the uh, school bus for emergencies. And this had to be the biggest human being I think I've ever seen. Of course, in those days, they not only had their campaign hat that they wore with the strap to their chin, but they also had the uh, big boots, breeches, a gun that looked like the size of a cannon. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as my mom told me that, 
I came home from school that day and told her that I wanted to be a state trooper. And as far as I can remember, that's the only thing I ever wanted to be. Yeah, that's that's an interesting story. It's amazing. We go back. I remember going to visit my childhood home as an adult a few years ago. And that place that looks so big as a kid is actually a little tiny, tiny house. Our perspective right. changes. But I don't remember what got me to the point where I wanted to be a police officer, but I wanted to be a priest first. And when I decided that celibacy was not for me, uh, <laughs> police work was a close second, and I followed it. And I loved every minute. So you went into the Maryland State Police, and you did how many right. years? I went into the Maryland State Police right after I graduated from Indiana University of Pennsylvania in 1981. Of course, I came to Maryland, didn't know a soul other than my classmates. Uh, I had a brother who lives in West Virginia, still does. Uh, my sister at that time was out, already out in Colorado. So I had no family connections to Maryland other than I was determined to be a state trooper if I had to go to Alaska to be one. Mm -hmm. And as luck would have it, Maryland was the first one to give me a call. And so I found myself in the academy. And the rest they say is history. That's kind of how my career started with Baltimore. It, they had me hiring and I saw a billboard and I called them. They said, come on in. We'll talk. I did the test, did the interview. They're like, can you start Monday? Uh, we'll put you in the academy. I'm like, what? Uh, and uh, I got turned down by other people. They weren't hiring at the time, whatever it was. So right. you did the career. How long were you there? I did 22 and a half years in the Maryland State Police. Of course, we our, our retirement was at 22 years. So at the time that I retired, after, and this, of course, is after the sniper case, it, it was sort of a situation where, well, I'm working for about 30% of my salary. I need to do what's the intelligent thing for my family at that point, and that was to go ahead and take my pension and move on to something else, which, you know, I found myself right back in a civilian capacity in law enforcement right. and the federal government. My career spanned, I, when I came out of the academy, I, I got stationed all the way down in good old Culvert County. I know. And, hey, I am from St. Mary's. I lived in St. Okay. Mary's County, Culvert County. I know the area very, very well. Right. When I started down there, uh, the sheriff's department at that time went home at midnight and we had uh, typically three guys working on night shift. One had North Patrol, one had South Patrol, and we had a sergeant sitting at the barrack. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the way I started. And, of course, you had to be out before midnight because there was only one. There was actually three high stores, one north, one central, and one south, and they closed at midnight. So if you didn't get your coffee and your snacks before midnight, you were out of luck until you went home in the morning. Now, that's an area just of Calvert County itself spans, what, roughly 45, 50 miles on Route 4? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. It's Somewhere been such there. a long time since I've been down there. And then you have I know the that areas county has, east has and changed west. It's grown quite a bit. But the point I'm getting at is you had three troopers to cover uh, 50 miles of Route 4. And all the other right. roads, the other parts of the, the county. So backup was a long, long, long ways away. Right. I, I can remember, uh, and, and this is sort of a quick, funny story. I, I can remember getting a call to a, a bar fight. No. And in I Southern get, Maryland? No. Yes, in Southern Maryland of all places. And, <laughs> and, and I get called to this bar fight. And 
I sort of get to the top of the hill where I can look down over and see the the bar I pulled to the side of the road, and it looked like an, an old-fashioned scene right out of the the West. There's people out in the parking lot. It was a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. They're just duking it out. And I called the barrack and told the sergeant what I had, and he said, one riot, one trooper. We're sending you back up from Annapolis. <laughs> Which was a good 30 minutes away, so I thought, well, you know, they trained me for this, so here I go. So I come screaming down the road in my cruiser, lights and siren, slid into this gravel parking lot with the gravels flying and sliding, jumped out of the car with my Stetson on, racked around into into my shotgun, yelled at the top of my lungs, state police, Everybody off of this lot right now, or else who's going to be the first one? And miraculously, everybody stopped, looked at me, and I guess they must have thought, well, this kid must be crazy, and and he's going to shoot one or two or a dozen of us, and they all left. So to my astonishment, they all left, and that was sort of my introduction, and I think I had been cut loose maybe two weeks. And the funny thing is, no one got shot, no one got hurt, no one got arrested, and if you did that today, the news would be going ballistic. Oh, abs- absolutely. Howling I, you know, that you were out of line, unprofessional, gun, yes. trigger, happy, whatever it took. And by the way, before we go to commercial break, nothing clears a crowd quicker and more effectively than racking around with a shotgun. We are talking yes. with David Reichenbaugh, retired Maryland State Police. We're talking about the hunt for the Beltway Snipers. You listen to Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. 
Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-614-7180. That's 800-614-7180. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, protection, friendship, independence. Distracted driving means danger, recklessness, irresponsible, chaos, police, devastation, injury, death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? Newsflash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now, you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax Tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Back to the Law Enforcement Today show. Joining us from Washington, D.C., we have tired Maryland State Police Lieutenant David Reichenbaugh, uh, also an author. And we're going to talk a little bit about, we could talk the war stories about policing in Maryland forever and ever and ever. And someday you and I will have to have a cup of coffee and do just that. I would love to do that. Things have changed significantly, but there was some events that right around October 2002, I do remember it. I was living down here in Florida. I've been retired from Baltimore Police Department for a long time, living in Florida, starting my radio career. And every day in the news, it was about these killings from this unknown sniper in the D.C. Right. area. And they call it the, the Beltway Sniper or D.C. Sniper. And for those not familiar, the Beltway means it's like it's a stretch of interstate that rings the D.C. area. So it goes through the suburbs of Maryland and also Virginia, like Rockville, Bethesda, Maryland, Silver Spring, 
Falls Church, uh, Springfield, Manassas, Virginia, all those areas. And it's called the Beltway. So everybody in that area refers to things like inside the Beltway and outside the Beltway. And by the way, the Beltway, it's always crazy. It's always insane to drive on. Don't ever do it unless you have to. That's for sure. One of the only accidents I was ever involved with as a Maryland State Trooper is I got hit by some lady I was had pulled over for a uh, disabled vehicle. I was a criminal investigator at the time, so I was shirt and tie. Of course, I had the big cruiser, and some lady uh, putting on makeup mm-hmm. driving down the road drove off and uh, hit the back of the cruiser. So, yeah, that was a that was an area that I did my best in my career to avoid. And I when I drive home to see family, I always avoid. That section of 95 between like Fredericksburg, Virginia to the tunnel of, uh, uh, going out of Baltimore. I, I go up 301. I don't even want to mess with 95. Right. But back to the sniper. Uh, I remember the news, and this is going to be a long case. It's going to be, I, I'm so thrilled to have you on as a guest because we haven't had too many people come in to talk about one long protracted intense right serious investigation uh we've talked a lot of stories about people getting hurt but you might be the first guest that's to be talking about not just the national story this was international uh take us back to october 2002 and how this all got started from this is before you knew who involved who was doing it what was going on well just to set the stage a little bit we were one year out from 9-11 uh, of course, you know, with the Pentagon getting hit, the the seat of the free world in Washington, D.C., our entire region was on pins and, and needles. And, of course, we had the anthrax case not long after that. So the entire region was on pins and needles, and it wasn't a question of, are we going to be attacked again, but when? Right. We were convinced of that, and, and that's happened to be how I made uh, lieutenant from detective sergeant. I was promoted a day or two after 9-11 to lieutenant, and I was asked to come into criminal intelligence division and get the Maryland State Police back with boots on the ground conducting active criminal intelligence with the idea of trying to prevent the next terrorist attack. And the reason why I was selected, I guess, is I was one of the last of the old narcs. I'd spent 14 years working undercover around the state in various capacities, writing wiretaps and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I was brought in as the operations commander for criminal intelligence. The day this all started, October 2nd, and it'll be 16 years ago this year, and it's also the same date uh, that we selected for my book to be released. Okay. Like any other day, I went to work, got there about 7 o'clock in the morning, about 7.30 or 8 o'clock, as I recall. I get a call from from Major Ballard, who was the regional commander there. One Part of his area was Montgomery County, and he called me and told me, hey, we don't know what's going on, but there's a there's been several shootings and murders in Montgomery County, and it's it's an active situation, and we're getting calls from Montgomery County police asking for assistance. Montgomery County is, number one, a, a huge county. It is. Number two, their police department is one of the finest county police departments 
in the country, and I and I say that without hesitation. They are good. To get a request from them is highly, highly unusual because they're they're more than capable of handling anything that occurs in that county. But of course, the the thought was we've got random victims that don't seem to be connected to anybody or t- together. There's these shootings just don't make any sense, and they're one after another. This is much bigger than Montgomery County, and, and, and they were certainly, Captain Bernie Forsyth over there was certainly smart enough and intelligent enough, and he was one of the finest police captains I ever, ever knew, investigator. He was smart enough to know, hey, this is a lot bigger than Montgomery County, and we need help. Their first call, of course, was to the state police, and if there's one thing the state police in Maryland is capable of doing is, is we're sort of, for the lack of a better term, we're the United States Marines of Maryland. Uh, we can deploy a large number of troopers at the drop of a hat anywhere around the state. That's part of our design. Mm-hmm. So they were requesting just uniformed troopers to come to the area and just get as big of a police presence as we could. So based on that information, I'm, you know, I'm looking over everything I've got on my desk. I, I see nothing that would remotely connect this type of activity. I notified my chain of command, got the state police basically mobilized, and I grabbed a couple of my analysts and headed over to Montgomery County. And by the time I start getting over there, and I'm coming from Howard County, the lookout had come out for a white box truck or a white van. The shooters are suspected to be shooting from that type of vehicle. So if there's one thing the state police is, is very good at, especially in those metropolitan areas, it's traffic enforcement. So we were stopping every white truck and van that came down the road, and we weren't exactly being friendly because we were dealing with an unknown got over to Rockville and my first job was to brief troopers that were being sent in from all over the state with as much information as we had and 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 all we had was hey we've had a series of shootings this morning the only thing we know is it's it's a high powered rifle because that was fairly obvious it didn't take a a, a genius or a forensic scientist to to tell you that they were being shot from a distance. Uh, it certainly was intentional. There, there didn't seem to be any connection whatsoever to any of our victims. These are regular soccer moms, taxi drivers, people motor guys lower. stopping at the grocery store. You know, a, a, a Hispanic lady sitting waiting for a bus. It didn't seem that there were no black, white, racial religious connections between victims at all. Worst nightmare. We're going to have to cut you off. We're going to go to a commercial break. Sure. Uh, We're talking with David Reichenbaum, retired Maryland State Police Lieutenant, author of, the name of the book is In Pursuit, Hunt for the Beltway Snipers, I believe. We're talking about the investigation that led to the capture and arrest of two people. We'll talk about that more. This is Law Force Today. We'll be right back. 
rates based on a man age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25. Policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium includes a $50 policy fee. Rates and underwriting criteria subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with their rates read very low. And at the end, they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline, we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. But we do promise to get you the best rates available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the term lifeline. Call now. 800-957-6068. That's 800-957-6068. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817. That's 800-948-6817. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Back to the conversation with retired Maryland State Police Lieutenant David Reichenbaugh. Uh, We're talking about uh, the investigation inside the hunt for the Beltway Snipers, uh, October 2002. For those who don't remember or those who are maybe just moved here and didn't hear about the news, just moved to another country, we had, I believe the total was 17 people murdered, uh, probably 10 others injured randomly by shooters using a high-powered rifle, and majority of them were around the D.C., Washington, D.C. area and suburbs, but there are also people in other states as well. And it was bizarre because you said there's this totally random, there's nothing about the victims that would say, hey, we need to look for we need to look for this. We need to look for that. There's nothing that would link them at all. They're, right. they're random people doing random everyday things, and they're gunned down. I, I believe, if my memory's correct, wasn't someone getting gas and all of a sudden they got shot? Yes, getting gas, loading groceries in their car. Uh, later on, we had a, a bus driver that was just prepping his bus for the morning. Taxi drivers getting getting gas. People just going about their everyday thing. In fact, one lady was vacuuming her uh, her soccer mom van uh, and, and was killed. 
also a, a, a student. Thank God he lived. But he was getting out of his uh, mom's car to go into Benjamin Tasker Middle School in Prince George's County mm-hmm. when, when he was shot. So, yes, it was completely random. But that first day, it, as you can well imagine, it was sheer confusion because there's confusion initially with a homicide investigation. Anyway, I don't care how well prepared you, you are until you get there and sort of sort things out. There's confusion. And it takes anywhere from an hour or two to our case, 23 days yeah. to, to sort it out. And you got to follow where the evidence takes you. And, and when you first walk into let's just say you have a confined crime scene. And I'm not an expert, but this is just from my time in the police work. You walk in, it's an apartment building, you go in the house, you go in the apartment, and there's a crime scene there, it's a murder. And you have no idea who the victim is. You have no idea what happened. And it's piecing it all together piece by piece so when you have 17 victims murdered and 10 others shot and it's over widespread area i don't even know where you begin right our our crime scene for for as far as ours was was concerned our crime scene was two states in the district of columbia that's why resources had to be brought in and i can tell you one of the one of the things that i do want to say that that this was probably the most cooperative effort between federal, state, local law enforcement that I had ever seen. And and honestly, that is one of the only reasons why we were able to to track these uh, killers down. And a lot of that stemmed out of 911. It was the reality that, hey, it doesn't matter what color uniform I wear or whether I'm state, local, or federal, we're all in this together, and, and we're supposed to be protecting our citizens. And the only way we're going to do it is to cooperate with each other, with each other set the egos aside, and let's get it done. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I want to say about this case, it was unprecedented how we all came together as agencies, and it didn't matter who we were. We, we wound up putting together what was called a, a Sniper Task Force. But it stood for Sniper Murder Task Force. That's what it stood for. And eventually, as the days went by, in about day three or four, that that task force was put together. And and at the culmination, there was approximately 1,000 police officers working this case, including federal agents that were brought in from all over the country. Uh, The White House was directly involved. Every three-letter alphabet federal agency you can think of was involved in this investigation, including, you know, and then you get to the Maryland State Police, the Virginia State Police, then all the various county police departments involved, and plus the District of of Columbia Police Department. And we set to find the, the, to my knowledge, history's biggest whodunit that had ever happened. It it turned into one of the most intense manhunts in American history. And at, at first, you had no idea who you were hunting. You had no idea who to go after. You just knew that you have all these these victims from all over the place and no idea where to begin. So how did you guys, and when I say guys, I mean men and women, how did you go from point A to start, okay, we're looking for a white box truck, and then it starts evolving? Right. We had, we had of course, the, the crime scene investigators working the crime scenes, uh, interviewing witnesses wherever we could find them. And, and unfortunately, I think we accidentally 
pre-programmed people to only look for white vans and white box trucks. That came back to haunt us yeah. a, a, a little bit. We had those guys working the, the crime scenes. We had the forensics, of course, doing what they could to match bullets, that sort of thing. My job, coming from a criminal intelligence background, is we got together with, with a group of analysts and a group of in, in, intelligence specialists, and, and I was sort of second in command uh, of that operation. And we sat down around a room and we, we strategized. Everybody in today's modern world, and, and of course, if you think back 16 years ago, it wasn't as technologically advanced as it is today. But even then, everybody leaves an electronic footprint someplace. So our goal was to find those crumbs and try to put it together. So how did we do that? We started looking at, first of all, Everybody that had a two two twenty three caliber red firearm registered to them. Now the odds of of the owner being responsible, we all know that's slim to none. But right. maybe one was stolen somewhere, and that would give us a, a start. Michaels seemed to be a place where this seemed to be happening a lot. So we were looking at Michaels employees. We were looking at anybody now, Michaels, that had been that is a fired by Michaels. Store? Yes, Michael's a craft store. We looked at, okay. you know, was there were they in a contract dispute with with anybody? We we looked at VICAP information, which is the Violent uh, Criminal Offenders Program. We ran background checks. We looked at everybody that owned a white truck, a white van. Did they have criminal records? Were they? We looked at the gangs. Were were there any gang affiliations? We were getting nowhere but we were amassing a large amount of data and we were feeding it into a, a, a beautiful program that HIDA, the high density traffic organization here on the east coast which is comprised of DEA and some other federal agencies they had come up with a program called case explorer what it is it's a, it's a link analysis type program it it certainly was designed to track drug traffickers and had no, the thought had never even been put into something like this. But as you can imagine, we're getting literally tens of thousands of tips coming in from all over the country. That all had to be managed. Right. That was managed by the, the group that I was responsible for. And, and very quickly, three young programmers, and I wish I knew their names, uh, they were called in and we bought them a six-pack of Pepsi and, and their laptops, and they rewrote software in a few days to, to get Case Explorer to work. And the, the funny thing is, when they always say, you know, we, the, the, when police ask for tips, they say the good news is they got a lot of tips. The bad news is they got a lot of tips. they got to go through all those. Right. We're talking he, with David Reichenbaugh, retired Maryland State Police Lieutenant, uh, author of the In Pursuit Hunt for the Beltway Snipers. We'll be right back epidemic, America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center 
provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? Newsflash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax Tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800 948 6817. 800 948 6817. That's 800 948 6817. Welcome Beltway snipers back in October 2002. We're going to fast forward. I'm sitting here going, imagining you've got three programmers here rewriting the software to do what you need to do to, to handle all these leads you have for the, the Beltway snipers. About how many tips came in? I believe we were well over 100,000 by the time we got going, and, and that's a tremendous amount of information to handle, but we were coming up with nothing. And Sitting around one day, and I got to thinking about, you know what, I was never convinced they were in a white van or a white truck, and, and I was also convinced, look, they're, they're shooting people from Montgomery County east and south. They're staying in the north. They're staying in my home area, which at that point was Frederick County, Maryland. I was convinced of that because they're not going to kill where they sleep. Because a part of my, you know, undercover 14 years career was unfortunately thinking like a bad guy. And, right. and I was trying to do that. And I also was aware that, you know, every time a policeman runs a tag, that gets recorded. 
somewhere for a lot of different reasons. So I sort of come up with the idea, and I, of course, I don't want to take full credit for this because this was a group effort, was well, let's draw a circle, a one-mile and a five-mile circle around each shooting, and then let's look at an hour before and an hour after, and let's see what tags policemen are running, you know, because we're, we're looking for white vans or trucks, but that doesn't take the curiosity out of every good patrolman, every good policeman out there. They see a car, it doesn't look right, they run the tag. Right. You know, and unfortunately, it's just something doesn't look right to a policeman, it probably isn't. That's right, and that's, so, that applies to everybody. That's your gut instincts. And I always say they're right. God-given instincts or Mother Nature, whatever you want to use. Right. It doesn't mean you can stop and arrest someone, but if something makes the radar go off in your head as a police officer, by golly, you should do something. You should check it right. out. And as an individual, if you pull up in your driveway after a long day at work and the trash can's out of place and other places things are not quite right and you're going, something's not right here, pay attention to it. Right. So, so my idea was, okay, let's look at all these tag numbers at each one of these, and let's ask Case Explorer to do a link. And what do you know, guess what showed up? That Caprice. Blue in, was a in, blue Caprice, in, wasn't it? Yes. And about the same time we were doing that, because you can imagine that took some effort by, by our, our programmers to do this. About the same time, we, we finally got a tip after it was a shooting at a Ponderosa Steakhouse where... You know, the, the the bad guys started calling us and taunting the police. I didn't know that. They, yes, they were taunting the police very, very much. So by calling, they called a priest, which the priest just blew it off as another lost soul. And the priest finally calls and says, hey, you know, I got these call from these guys that says that uh, they were the snipers. I didn't think much about it, but they said we should be looking in Montgomery County or Montgomery well, sure, Montgomery County, Maryland, why not? But you know what? There's a lot more Montgomerys in this country than Montgomery County. Right. We got to looking at Montgomery, Alabama. What do you know? There was a woman killed as she came out of a, a, a convenience store, shot in the face by two guys, and they ran. And when they ran, a uh, magazine fell out of their uh, back pocket. As luck would have it, there was a thumbprint recovered. And this is, in my 22 years, this is the only case that I, that I know of that was actually ever broken by a, a fingerprint. It's very rare to there. get a fingerprint on a gun, right. a rifle, a bullet. People, people watch television and think, oh, they get it all the time. It's very right. rare. Right. And, and this was a guns and, and ammo uh, magazine, which, of course, is the glossy paper, which was perfect. Of course, the authorities down there at the time ran it and come up with nothing. But they ran it through their own state, NCIC, nothing came up. Well, we ran it, and we ran it through everything, including immigration, because at that time they weren't all connected. And we get a hit from Malvo. A little bit more investigation that links it to Williams, or to Muhammad. Uh Started following them around, and what do you know, there's a shooting in Seattle, and there's a couple shootings and murders along the way. You, you can leave sort of a trail of bodies across the country. Come to find out that they were living in a house, and a neighbor had reported, hey, these, these two guys were, were shooting this high-powered rifle into this stump. Now, this is all happening at the same time we're starting to put it together. FBI bring the entire stump 
back east, and sure enough, the bullets match. So now we got names. The names gets us to the Caprice, which was registered in New Jersey. That also coincided with, man, we're seeing that Caprice had showed up on just about every one of these shootings had been run by a policeman somewhere because they just didn't look right. So finally, after 23 days, it all came together in the typical fashion in a couple of hours after all of this. After all the all the sweat and toil, all the countless right. hours, all of a sudden, all the dominoes start falling into place, and it's obvious who your guys are. Right. That's uh, still not enough to say 100%, but every cop knows we were looking for the right people, and, and we just had to put the rest of it together. Finally that's got enough another that night. thing that, that, that people don't seem to understand is you can know who did something, but knowing right. and being able to get the evidence where you get probable cause to arrest them and or convict them are two totally different things. Right. Knowing it and proving it are two different things. And, you know, we finally got the lookout put out that night, and I had worked probably about close to three days straight. And I was just, okay, we got the flyers. We got the flyers in the hands of every police car in three states. It's, believe it or not, it finally went out, and it was actually a radio broadcast that, that made the difference here. A station out of Frederick was broadcasting, you know, the news release about the tag number, and I was just trying to go home to Frederick County, and and I swore all along that I, I just knew that they were on my turf. I Again, maybe it's gut instinct, but if I was a bad guy, if I'm going to kill Montgomery County east and south, I'm not going to sleep there. I'm going to sleep north. Absolutely. I was on my way home, and sure enough, I get a call from the duty officer to Frederick Barrett. says, hey, we just got a call. That tag number has been spotted in the Myersville rest area. Uh, so I found myself up there with three other troopers. Remember, one riot, one trooper mm-hmm. initially, and our band of three initially surrounded them. <laughs> And one of the things, of course, I'm afraid of, and, I, and I've got a million things going through my mind, is is they've got a high-powered rifle. We've got sidearms and a shotgun and a vest that we might as well, for that type of weapon, it's just going to be one more thing for the hospital to take off of us. Yeah. So that was my big fear. I, I knew that rest area. I had worked up there for years. I knew the woods behind it. I had small game hunted in, in that area. Our witnesses inside the rest area could not tell if there was anybody in the car. So, again, playing, if I was them, I would have been taking turns sleeping with one in the woods with a rifle, with the rifle, the other one sleeping. So I had to assume that they had overwatch, which meant that we go rolling in there, we're going to be casualties. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing... You know, in my career, I I never lost a trooper. I never had anyone badly hurt. And I'll be damned if I was going to start that night. So we sealed the rest area, sealed the interstate, sealed the county, basically, uh, secured the airspace with the help of Secret Service. Because one of the things I was afraid of, and, and this is something else that should be probably be talked about a little, little bit, is this is probably the first case like this that was truly investigated on network news. It was, um, and unfortunately, we, we're we're almost out of time. You got to get information in here about how people get your book, where they can find it, and we'll have right. to have you back to talk more. Sure, absolutely. My my book is is titled "In Pursuit: The Hunt for the Beltway Snipers." 
It will be available in bookstores, as I understand it, across the country on October 2nd. It's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and LinkedIn. And as I understand it, I believe now it, it will also be available on Kindle, which is an Amazon app, as I understand it. And who knows from there? But a couple reasons. I, I wanted to write this story because the, the truth had never been told. There was a movie made that was, was frankly, awful. Uh, there was a couple of books written. Chief Moose wrote his book, which was fine, but that was written from the perspective of a chief of police. He right. did not know the guts and the details of the case because that was not his position. They have a different job. The street investigator is a totally different situation than an administrator. David Reichenbach, I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this riveting conversation, the details of the investigation, apprehension of the Beltway Snipers. Thanks so much for joining us on Law Enforcement Today. You're welcome. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly. We now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest, we'd love to hear from and we'd accommodate them from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. So just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the contact us tab. Send an email to me, jay at lawenforcementtoday.com or robert at lawenforcementtoday.com. You can also send a message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram, and all that stuff, too. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See <laughs> ya.